Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Why, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fandom Power. It's me, it's Wes, and it's these guys. It's Andy and Hank. Yo. And uh, we are back with our next installment in our Fandom of the Jedi uh, review series. A little bit late, I know, but uh, it, well, it got kind of hard to uh, dig in on this while we were heads heads down in Andor, so... Here we are now. We've done things out of order. If you've been following the series so far, you know that we have completed the fall of Dooku arc. And so now it is time to turn our attention to everybody's favorite Togruta Jedi, Ahsoka Tano. I'm going to lead off this week with with the first part, and that is uh, life and death. However... Before we can get to talking about life and death, we have to talk about bad Star Wars jokes. Nice. This week's bad Star Wars joke comes from the internet because that's where they all come from. It's a good friend of mine. <laughs> Guys, what do you call a droid pirate? What do you call a droid pirate? R2-D2. <laughs> nice. Whoa. <laughs> it's so bad. It's Walk so- the plank. <laughs> That's excellent. All right. As always, if you have a bad Star Wars joke or a dad Star Wars joke, we want to hear them. Send them over to us uh, in the comments or you can uh, shoot us up at uh, shoot us. No, don't be shooting anything at us. But do do hit us up in our social media or you can email the show at uh, fandompower3 at gmail.com with your bad Star Wars jokes. All right. Life and death. Uh, Quite literally, we get to witness or we are uh, privy to uh, on the, sort of the outside looking in the birth of Ahsoka Tano. This, uh, this one's actually, it's not one of the, the longest, I mean, it's advertised as a, as a long one, but um, once you get into it, it's actually not that bad. Mm. What did you guys think of life and death? Rapidly becoming my favorite star Wars character. I th- think the season seven clone wars addendum 
yeah. cinched it. Like, I mean, top three for sure. I mean, Obi's always in my heart. Yeah. Um, so well written, such a well rounded character. What an arc! Like, and um, to see her literal beginning is uh, just something I didn't know I needed. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you on that. I, I only has my heart I... in his hand, <laughs> like Molaram. <laughs> I did not think I needed this character's uh, origin that far. It's something that we we've not really, besides Anakin Skywalker, we've never seen another. We've never seen anybody taken from their family by no. the Jedi Order. I mean, we don't see that in this episode, but to see her identified by a village elder as mm -hmm. Jedi mm. or Force sensitive, to see those like the Togruta traditions, yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. That I have to go through is like okay. Great to learn. Loved it. I have one nitpick about this episode. I'm going to throw it out here right off the bat. Uh, and it really kind of centers around the idea that Disney Star Wars, well, let's just start in Star Wars in general, at least with the films. The films have always introduced us to new applications of the Force. Um, so there's nothing earth shattering here. But to segue into that, uh, Disney has gone out and made a point of you know, uh, having certain characters be particularly known for a particular force ability. And so right off the bat, I, I'm a little bit disappointed that everything that they poured into Ezra Bridger's connection to animals is not special anymore. No, um, Cal Kestis has it too. Yeah, I suppose on some level he does, doesn't he? Yeah. So would Ray uh, from the sequel trilogy, right? She tame the savage beast. Yeah. Right. If we get into legends, Luke tames rank giant rancor. Well, there is that. Very well, maybe it's me. So maybe maybe I'm the odd one out. I just feel like that Rebels spent so much time and effort to depict this way that Ezra, you know, interacts with animals, and they commented, you know, in his case, like it's. Like it's a big deal. Maybe it's just the degree to which he took it. Maybe. See, I was thinking back in the Dooku episodes that perhaps because Dooku rubs his hand over that scar in the tree, I was thinking, oh, sure. does he does he have that the Cal Kestis ability, the same one that Quinlan Voss has? Oh, I don't know. And you start to think maybe it's just like specialization. Maybe it's not like maybe tuned to the force, but like a like you studied that class more, or you were more interested in that. Oh, sure. Uh, particular subject. That's not impossible. Yeah. All right. Anybody else got anything they want to say before we mm. get into it? Or I'm just no, the only, I'm, I'm the only complainer. It. Ah, it's just me. Okay. That's not that big Move. a complaint. Really. <laughs> it's just pointing something out. <laughs> All right. This, this one is Life and Death. It is uh, written by Dave Filoni. And this one is uh, directed by Nathaniel Villanova. Uh, by the way, <laughs> if you go looking for photos of Daniel Villanova, it is like there are very <laughs> few and far between this one comes from his linkedin page nice. it is the only photo of him i could find so i don't have i have no clue if this is even current or not um <laughs> now we're familiar with him uh from his work in star wars previously but primarily his work has been as a storyboard artist hmm. having done 23 episodes of star wars rebels but also directed six episodes of the bad batch Nice. As well as four episodes of The Clone Wars. And this, I believe, is his only episode of uh, Tales of the Jedi that he's directing. So Life and Death has an advertised runtime of uh, 19 minutes. Uh, just a flat 19 minutes. Uh, but it actually works out to be an actual 15 minutes. 
and uh, 41 seconds without your titles and uh, credits. Although titles, they kind of get you on that one because they've thrown them in sort of prologue, title, keep going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, in our synopsis this week, it reads, a child goes through a rite of passage with unexpected results. Um, yep, that's about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our episode opens with the uh, camera pointed at the night sky over a small village on the planet Shealy. Well, the night air is filled with the chirping of insects, and as the camera pans downward, we can see uh, a village comprised of simple round wooden buildings nestled uh, in a mountain forest with uh, hanging lanterns lighting the street. Suddenly, a baby cries out, and a male Togruta rushes into the street. The man cannot contain his elation as he cries out in the native Togruti language, Yakamiso! Yakamiso! Before switching to basic and shouting, She's here! Yeah. Then the other villagers fill the street, their faces lit with joy as they share in the new father's excitement. The man shakes a few hands and claps a few shoulders before beckoning the villagers to follow him, and he rushes off to meet his new family member, uh, pausing to bow at one of the village elders along the way. Okay, our uh, Togrutan male here, this is Nakil. This is Ahsoka Tano's father. Mm. And uh, he is played by, now, I, I do not want to butcher this gentleman's name, so please forgive me if I do not pronounce it correctly. I will do my best. This is uh, Sunil Malotra, who has uh, 91 acting credits. Most of those are voice work. Um, recently played uh, Gilmore, uh, for three episodes in the legend of vox machina but right. you may recognize him as kung lao from mortal kombat 11 finish him <laughs> our village elder now that this character is uh uh gantica and uh she is played by oh boy this is another one okay Whew. uh tox olagandoye Nice. Oh, who has 77 acting did i do okay on that i think so, I think so. <laughs> talks Ola i think that's how you pronounce her name and i am so sorry if it's not i i don't mean to do that of course not 77 acting credits they're an even mix of face work and voice work however uh most recently um she showed up in star trek lower decks as captain amina ramsey for a couple of episodes she also played in the Netflix uh, Castlevania, where she played Zamfir for uh, ten episodes. That is a the rare Star Star Wars Star Trek crossover, isn't it? Though, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about Sheely here for a second. Uh, this, just like in Legends, uh, remains the home planet of uh, the Togruta species. Uh, the world itself is located in the expansion region of Star Wars space. So, if you have access to a map of star wars space you can uh, look that up or if you're here watching the video version you can see it right in front of you now (laughs) the planet is predominantly a mix of uh, grasslands and coniferous forests and its first appearance was uh, in a flashback sequence in 2012 during the fifth season episode of the clone wars the gathering that's the episode where ahsoka escorts the jedi younglings to ilum so kind of cool that we're, you know, our first episode with Ahsoka, we get that uh, connection there as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the Togruta species themselves, I figured this is a good time to talk about them because 
we're not going to have much of an opportunity elsewhere. Uh, the Togruta species first appeared in Attack of the Clones back in 2002. Now that's Jedi Master Shakti, who we only see just a couple of times in the movie, and then she's glaringly absent from the remainder of uh, of the trilogy. Now, um, she is a member of the Jedi High Council at this point, and she does ride in with the cavalry at the the first battle of geonosis so presumably she made it that far she did make it that far however (laughs) this character this character more than anybody has like a litany of deaths (laughs) like three of them Uh oh yeah between uh uh, legends lore and uh, canon lore um and uh, just uh, you can't not talk about them because it's kind of like oh my god just make up your mind um so canonically met her death at the hands of the newly minted Darth Vader who executed her while she was meditating in the Jedi temple during the uh, events of order 66. Um, this is a lesser known deleted scene from revenge of the Sith. Um, but later on in clone wars, uh, in what the, the sixth season Yoda would have this vision, which would show him a bunch of the, uh, uh effects of order 66. And we see Shakti. Uh, take a lightsaber through the chest. Although we don't see who that is that's driving it through her, it's inferred that the events that happened in that deleted scene are what happened. Uh, Making um, them can. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So apparently, apparently in that version, she chose uh, when the Order sixty six happened. She chose to create. She was she chose to meditate, I, and I think she was doing something about some kind of some kind of message or making some kind of some kind of holocron thing about like don't forget you know the the order like she -hmm. knew that it was ending but she was trying to do her best to preserve some the order for future generations right i I joked i joked offline that maybe to grew to have multiple lives like a cat because i mean we've actually seen ahsoka die twice well we i mean we haven't seen her die twice but well the cat analogy is pretty good it's something we don't see very much in animation but um technically togruta are a predator species right and uh, they do have sharp teeth hmm. like yeah, a predator it's true yeah 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 well that's just uh one of her three deaths uh in the second instance it's a variation of that uh also from revenge of the sith this time it would be at the beginning of the film when they're trying when anakin and obi-wan are trying to rescue the supreme chancellor mm-hmm. they come across general grievous and a couple of his magna guards who have who have her essentially defeated um, and after they do a basically uh, the you know General Kenobi, and they have a that's kind of interplay with him, he basically executes her in, in front of them. By the way, in a weird roundabout kind of way, that death segues kind of nicely with uh, the way that she interacted with Grievous in the the Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars, because she's the one that in that uh, Clone Wars series. She's the one that actually took the Chancellor. Come on, Chancellor, we got to go hmm. when uh, they attacked Coruscant to try to capture him. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting how they, you know, that that idea wasn't completely dead, or that the Tartakovsky series wasn't completely not thought of when they when they did Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And finally, her third death, which is uh, the most uh, departed from the other two, is at the hands of uh, Star Killer Galen Merrick, Darth Vader's secret apprentice during the events of. Um, uh, the force unleashed and she's she's a much different look um 
you know, no other way to say it. She's really uh, overtly sexified in this, <laughs> in the game where yeah. she's hardly wearing anything. But uh, the idea is that in this, she survived Order 66 and she's now relocated to Felucia. That's the planet where um, uh, Twi'lek Jedi Knight, oh my Lord, what's her name? <laughs> she's getting oh. an action figure release here shortly. Luminary Unduli? No, no, the blue Twilight Girl. Oh, um, oh Alia Sakura. So, Alia yes, Sakura. so where Alia Sakura was killed, that's the same planet. And she's gone there and basically taught uh, a bunch of the locals uh, some of the, the ways of the Force. Hmm. Uh, and the Star Killer catches up with her. And the rest is uh, lightning. <laughs> and, a, mm-hmm. and a throw myself into the pit. So, yeah. Um, Cool thing about Togruta, brightly colored humanoids known for uh, long head tails, uh, also known as Laku. Uh, of course, Laku are not new to us. We've seen them on other species in Star Wars before, like the Twi'leks. Um, but unlike the, the Twi'leks, the Togruta actually have three Laku. They have the two off the side, and they have a central one that hangs down the back. But they also have a pair of horn-like structures. Now, these are called Montrals. And a uh, Togruta's Montrals are actually uh, an extrasensory organ that give them a sort of passive echolocation sense, hmm. which is an evolutionary trait stemming from the fact that, as I said before, uh, Togruta are a predator species. However, as we see in this, they are also a prey species, which is why sometimes we see them depicted with sharp teeth. Another evolutionary trait is that Togruta's uh, skin pigmentation, which varies uh, from several shades of yellow through orange and red. And in this episode, we actually see purple, um, is an is actually a natural camouflage to help them blend in uh, with the grasslands of Shili. So another evolutionary trait. And contrary to what you might think, a Togruta's white, uh, white uh, markings are not tattoos. They are actual skin pigmentation hmm. that occurs naturally. Neat. So that's kind of cool. So there you go. That's uh, the Togruta species in a in a nutshell. So technically, though, a- after watching Kenobi, yeah, you can get run through with a lightsaber and live twice. That's right. <laughs> there it is. Twice you can do it. So maybe it's all three deaths are the same. Well, I didn't dig too far on the rabbit hole, but I mean, uh, uh, one of our characters actually shares, and I don't know how the Togruta naming convention works. Sometimes their names are hyphenated. Sometimes they're not. They tend to be multi-syllabic. Um, one of the characters in this episode is a, is a T and it's the same spelling as Shakti, hmm. but I don't know. Hmm, it's nice. Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's mother, actually, Pavti. Hmm. We're going to get to that. All right. So outside the hut, the villagers gather, eager to meet the new baby. Uh, while inside, a woman hands a baby wrapped in a blanket over to its mother. Cradling the baby, the mother gazes lovingly down at it. Then the villagers part at the doorway and Gantika enters the building. The new mother looks up at her and Gantika walks purposefully uh, towards the mother and child. Uh, With a respectful nod, the mother turns the baby over and presents the child to the elder and with a smile announces the baby's name, Ahsoka. And then we fade to black. Now, um, uh, Pavti, that's uh, Ahsoka's mother. This uh, is actress uh, Janina Gavankar. Now, um, fans of Star Wars Battlefront 2, you will know her or recognize her as Aiden Verzio. You may also recognize her from a series called The Mysteries of Laura, where she played the character of Meredith for uh, 38 episodes. 
and all the way back to the uh, early HBO HBO days. I guess it's HBO, isn't it? True Blood. Yeah, I think that was HBO. Uh, she played Luna Garza for 25 episodes on uh, True Blood. We get our title cards. It's the same titles that we've uh, seen throughout the series. This one, of course, is called Life and Death. And then we uh, camera fades into a daylight overhead shot looking down on the mountain village. Nakil and a droid are working to replace some of the wooden uh, roof tiles as the rest of the village goes about their daily business. Well, then the door to the hut opens and both Pavti and Ahsoka, now riding in her mother's baby Bjorn, step out into the sunlight. Nakia looks down from his ladder and he asks, are you sure she's ready? And uh, Pavti says, it's custom. And the male took her to fires back in old days, adding old ways for the old. Not you, Pavti, not yet. But Pavti admonishes him, telling Nakil not to make fun or he'll insult the spirits. You'll insult the spirits. And uh, Nakil retorts, the trees? The trees. But uh, Pavti gently and yet firmly corrects him with, no, ancestors. And Nakil concedes and he says that he meant no offense. Well, then reaching back inside the hut, Pavti gathers a rifle and uh, closes the door. Nakil wishes them a good hunting, and he watches his mother and daughter leave on their first hunting trip together. Uh, that droid, by the way, looks an awful lot like the uh, lifter droids that we saw back in uh, Justice mm -hmm. uh, in the Dooku episode, but the legs are considerably much, much shorter. And uh, we're going to see that one again. I think it's actually in, uh, uh, it's in your episode. Andy. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting that that model got used quite a bit <laughs> throughout this series. Uh, and they just have this thing for this. The the astromech head thing is becoming a, yeah. a through line in uh, Star Wars as of late. Mm -hmm. Well, Pavti and Ahsoka make their way up the street and passing Gantika's hut. The village elder sits there feeding uh, what looks like. Now, this is what I'm calling them. Looks like raccoons that have been drawn through the lens of a loth cat. Hmm. Mm. The old woman stops at the hunters and she asks, off on the hunt? Has it been more than a year already? And when Pavti tells her it has, the old woman gets up and approaches them. Reaching into a pouch on her belt, she dips her thumb in some blue pigment and then says, for luck. She then proceeds to anoint both girls with the pigment on their foreheads as she recites, Tu am I, tu am I. Pavti thanks the elder and she and Ahsoka walk off into the dense pine forest surrounding the mountain village i did like all the the traditional stuff here like all the ritual mm -hmm. uh, ancestral stuff here like even if i didn't like fully understand it i appreciated that oh okay we get a little window into their culture yeah a little cultural yeah it's pretty cool well later that day uh pavti and ahsoka walk down a dimly lit mountain trail the pine forest is thick and uh tall blocking out much of the daylight a squirrel bounds from tree to tree above them, and baby Ahsoka watches it inquisitively. As they walk, the sounds of the forest fill their ears, and Pavti cradles her baby's chin as she says, Look, Ahsoka, everywhere there is life. Gesturing widely at everything around them, she says, Value it. Honor it. And Ahsoka babbles back at her, uh, clearly content with riding uh, with her mother out in the woods. And pulling up beside some large purple spores uh, with what appear to be giant dandelion heads on them, mm -hmm. uh, Pavti begins tapping them with her rifle, and the spores throw their seeds into the air, and Ahsoka giggles and shakes her head back and forth at the sight. 
But then Pavti is alerted to something, and she beckons Ahsoka to be quiet, laying two fingers over her mouth to silence the laughter. Off in a distant clearing, an animal brays, and Pavti points at it. Then she crouches low and begins stalking towards the creature. Creeping closer to the clearing, we can see that it's uh, four kaibuck grazing in the tall grass. Two of them uh, lift their uh, horned deer-like heads and survey for danger. And Pavti takes up her rifle and looks down the scope, focusing on one of them. In the clearing, three of the four kaibuck continue grazing, while the fourth one remains on alert. Then a shot rings out, and the animals bolt into the woodline. Back in the village, Gantika, still sitting with her loth raccoons, hear the rifle blast. So closing her eyes, she touches her forehead, her mouth, and her heart as she chants uh, Kosha, Vita, Umta. So talk about Kaibok here for a second. I actually quite like this. Uh, this is another throwback to uh, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. The Kaibok is a large uh, two-legged ungulate uh, made its first appearance back in Chapter 1. Chapter 1 of the Tartakovsky Clone Wars on uh, November 3rd, 2003. In uh, Legends lore, this animal was actually native to Kashyyyk. Hmm. Um, so presumably now, uh, because this is their first canonical appearance on screen, mm. now they're native to Shili, I guess. <laughs> I kind of, I, I like them. And I said, you know, a, a Tauntaun is to goats and kangaroos as uh, Kaibox are to deer and kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's in my head. They're the same. They're related anyway. You know, they're just the warm weather Tauntaun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And Yoda, Yoda rides one into battle. So, yeah, and of course, it's the one that got a, an action figure release. Perhaps a connection to animals. <laughs> <laughs> what it, why, whatever do you speak of? Connection to animals. <laughs> uh, well, Pop T and Ahsoka entered the clearing, and uh, looking down, we can see one of the Kaibuk there uh, laying there wounded. Pop T kneels down beside it, and Ahsoka begins to fuss, but her mother turns the baby's head toward her and says, You must face death, Ahsoka. Do not fear it. Now settled, Ahsoka watches the kaibuk as it lays there gasping for breath while Pavti takes out a knife. Placing a hand on the animal, she speaks the same ritual chant that Gantika just spoke in the village. Kosha, Vita, Umta. Um, and then, placing both hands on the handle of the knife, she closes her eyes and drives the blade into the kaibuk's ribcage, releasing it from its mortal coil. At the same time, back in the village, Gantika, still with her hand on her heart, looks up for a moment. I really feel like they're hinting at us that Gantika, at the very least, is Force-sensitive to some degree. Could that be. it's there's more going on there than just the whatever mm. their extrasensory organs will allow them to, mm. to note. In the clearing, Pavti binds the animal's hind legs, preparing it to travel back to the village, while little Ahsoka sits in the grass and watches. Pavti calls the Kaibuk a heavy one, noting how it will feed many people. Facing her daughter, she then asks, think we can lift it? Ahsoka giggles and claps her hands in excitement, and Pavti tells her, we never take more than we need. Unbeknownst to both of them, another predator has found the clearing and lays in wait. Standing up, Pavti wipes her brow as she says, I shall carry you and the Kaibuk, unless you would like to carry him. Ahsoka reaches up for her mother, but is suddenly distracted by something and looks past her. 
Pavti turns to look and is surprised to see that a large striped green saber-toothed cat is stalking towards them. Pavti calmly reaches for her rifle as the cat closes in, but it's just out of reach. With just a few feet separating them, the cat roars as it draws closer. And then Pavti suddenly stands up with her arms outstretched to make herself look as large as she possibly can. She roars back at the cat in an attempt to scare it off. And for a brief moment, the cat actually recoils, which is just enough for her to be able to grab her rifle. But the cat is just that much quicker and it launches an attack. Swatting at Pavti with its deadly claws, it's all that Pavti can do to avoid the attack, and she makes a diving roll to get out of the cat's reach. But the predator is fast, and it turns to pounce on her. Fortunately, she's able to get her rifle up to block it, and the cat bites down on the rifle. Then the cat thrashes its head, tossing Pavti several feet away. Now, flat on her back, both she and the cat are alerted to the fact that there is still a baby present when they hear Ahsoka babbling away, sitting beside the dead Kaibok. With a look of fear, Pavti turns her attention back to the saber-toothed cat, and as the cat lunges toward her daughter, she takes up the rifle and unloads several rounds at it. The saber-toothed cat, this is a, a new species here. It's uh, I, can't, I could not find a, a, a reference for this particular species of cat. No. Um, but there is no denying the <laughs> resemblance to a certain striped tiger that we may have seen in other media. And I couldn't help but make the analogy that this thing is essentially a uh, battle cat by the That's power of Grayskull. Yeah. By mm -hmm. the power of Sheely. <laughs> it's got a, it, it's undeniable, especially the, the 2002 iteration yeah. of battle cat also mm -hmm. being a saber toothed cat. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's remarkable <laughs> somebody's a he-man fan and that's okay way to go art department that is <laughs> yeah all right well in the village guntica hears the rifle blasts and she gets up from her seat shooing the loth raccoons away but she's not the only one alerted as nakil stops roofing the hut and he looks to the forest as he speaks pavti's name pavti in the clearing, Pavti fights for her life as the saber-toothed cat rends the rifle from her hands. Drawing her knife, she slashes fiercely at the beast, and she manages to land a few blows as she goes. Meanwhile, back in the village, Gantika watches as villagers armed with rifles rush into the forest to find Pavti. While back in the clearing, Pavti backs toward Ahsoka, who's still quite jubilant despite the fact that a large predatory animal is trying to kill her mother. Mm-hmm. Finally, the big cat rears up on its hind legs and it bots Pavti aside like a ragdoll before turning back to take the baby in its mouth. But then the villagers arrive and open fire, hoping to either kill it or drive it off. Now, the cat, who is clearly wounded uh, from several of Pavti's knife slashes, circles around Ahsoka, then picks her up and runs off into the forest. Unarmed and unable to stop the cat, Pavti cries out and reaches for her baby, but then the villagers are there holding her back and consoling her as she hangs her head and cries. Oh, I can't imagine what that would feel like to terrible. Like the, yeah. the, the joke of the helplessness. Well, yeah. A dingo ate my baby. Mm. A battle cat ate my baby. Yeah. I Not couldn't imagine. Danger. 
But then again, at the same time, like evolutionary speaking, like knowing that they're they're both you know a predator and a prey species, like yeah, this has to have happened over the course of the the evolutionary course of their species. Yeah, that no, sometimes absolutely. you you lose some. You know, she, yes, she's upset, but she doesn't seem that upset by the time by the time we get to the end of the episode. All right, as the sun goes down, Gantika walks to the edge of the forest. Grasping a stone that she wears around her neck, she offers a prayer in uh, Togrudi. Vish, gosh, fuitim ai. At the same time, the saber-toothed cat lopes through the forest with baby Ahsoka still in its mouth. And Ahsoka, still babbling away like a happy baby, looks back seemingly unfazed by the situation that she now finds herself in. Finally, the cat returns to its lair and it descends into a dark depression under a thick copse of trees. The cat drops Ahsoka in the center of the depression, then circles around her uh, till it finally lays down. Now facing both her and the entrance, the cat growls menacingly at Ahsoka before it uh, turns its attention to its wounds and begins to lick them. Ahsoka then sneezes, of all things, and the cat perks up at her, unleashing a ferocious roar. But Ahsoka doesn't seem bothered by it in the slightest. In fact, she pulls herself up onto her feet to face the creature. The cat, now salivating profusely, gets back to its feet and slowly begins to creep towards the little girl. And Ahsoka just stares at it, following its gaze with her own wide blue eyes. Now, face to face with each other, Ahsoka reaches out with her little hand and touches the big cat's nose. And suddenly, the ferocity is gone. And the cat sits down in front of her and continues staring. Well, not completely absent of its uh, absent of its predatory nature, the cat does roar again. But Ahsoka has no reaction to it whatsoever, and she just stares at it, unblinking. That night, the villagers gather around Nakil and Pavti at the center of town. Everyone is on high alert, and many of them are still armed. Gantika is there, holding Pavti's arm in support. Then a scout rushes to them uh, to say that there is no sign of Ahsoka or the saber-toothed cat. Turning to face the armed villagers, Nakil declares that they will go out in force and they won't stop until they find her. Suddenly the roar of the saber-toothed cat rings out very close to the village and uh, Pavti pushes past the men to see what's going on. Out of the darkness come two glowing yellow eyes. It's the saber-toothed cat and it roars again. The villagers all raise their rifles, but Gantika raises her hand and beckons them, wait. And to everyone's shock and dismay, the cat lumbers into the lantern-lit street with baby Ahsoka riding on its shoulders. Stopping just a few feet from the villagers, the beast lowers its head submissively, and Ahsoka, still babbling away, smiles as she reaches out for her mother. Pavti steps cautiously to the side of the cat to collect her daughter, and the two share a warm and heartfelt reunion. Well, then the cat raises itself up to its full height and uh, stares down regally at uh, Pavti as she offers some words of thanks into Grudy as she bows her head. Rakshir, due maya, due mai. The cat looks down at Ahsoka before turning back and walking back into the forest. Nakil drops his rifle and rushes to be with Pavti and Ahsoka. Confused, Pavti looks to Gantika and asks, how can this be? And Gontika knows the answer. Looking at the child and her parent, she says, Jedi. Ahsoka is Jedi.
Pavti and Nakil share a confused look, and then we fade to black. Wow. The pacing on this episode, it's tight <laughs> and it's fast. Yeah. And it and it moves. It's over before you realize it. Mm. Oh, yeah. No wasted motion. No, not at all. So, I mean, there you go. Um, baby Ahsoka, force sensitive right from the get-go. Um, and the village elder, with her ability to identify that, Mm. you know i mean she's one she's force sensitive herself as i've already suggested that she is or two she's just seen it before super knowledgeable yeah 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 little a little b i think so what'd you guys think of that episode i liked it yeah i I mean i really like um the dooku episodes were insightful in terms of giving me a few things like they they confirmed a few things that uh we knew to be true but never really had you know that official stamp on yeah and this is uh in the vein of that but completely new it's not giving me something like i i mean okay we took her birth for granted sure i guess right we take everyone's birth for granted of course yeah um just like you know knowing how powerful she is and knowing uh her maybe her biggest trait is her fearlessness and and the, yeah. the you know i you could call this episode fearlessness she yeah you could you no could yeah. fear like yeah she's very pure here it's that whole notion of like you know um you know wild animals that aren't afraid of people because they don't know enough to be afraid mm-hmm. you know like it's the right. first encounter right what's that oh i don't know what that is is it smaller than me okay whatever but in this case i mean ahsoka she's a baby yeah that saber-toothed cat i mean he's like battle cat size could have ate her at any time well that's just it and then the bigger question is why didn't it if you're hungry or did you just want to enjoy the meal back home well maybe it's because it's wounded from the knife could be wanted to be within the confines of safety before snacking down that's entirely possible because a lot of animals will drag their prey where they want to go right I think there were, there were bones in, in the layer too, right? Like it, yeah, it, there was yeah, like a, like the wampa. I will say this: after we went through the Dooku arc, and I said, you know, these little snippets of insight just make me want more. I want the in between stuff now that we're not getting. So, like, I oh, want to yeah. see. I mean, who shows up to collect her from Sheely? Who takes her to the temple? I want to see all that. Mm-hmm. You know, or does like Antica <clears throat> actually? You know call up the jedi and say hey we got one (laughs) well that's an interesting thought you know like i don't think that's ever been really presented that way that you know hey here we are in this corner of the galaxy and we believe we have please come and check for us yeah Uh, i mean what qui-gon says you know uh if he'd been born in the republic he would have been been identified identified at birth so it's probably a thing and maybe it, it probably shows itself you know uh, if you have a trillion beings and 10,000 Jedi, there's probably something uh, incredibly special uh, event that garners attention for every single one that gets picked and taken to yep. the temple. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, folks, that is uh, the first episode of the uh, three episode arc uh, that follows Ahsoka Tano in Tales of the Jedi. It is uh, life and death. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode as much as I did. Um, I really enjoyed kind of chewing down on this one and and dissecting it apart. Um, 
Really enjoyed revisiting the Togruta species. Absolutely one of my favorite species from Legends, especially from the RPG. Uh, the RPG suggested that, that that their species had a high level of, of force sensitivity, so no surprise that, you know, Ahsoka has grown to become this fan favorite character mm. and just happens to be Togruta. Uh, Pav T, Shakti, is there a connection there? I don't know. Could be Maybe. It is the but, same spelling, but... It's hyphenated, so maybe that's... Like yeah. there are, um, I don't know. You know, maybe it's it's like a uh, Carrie Ann or Jillian oh, or yeah, you know, maybe like, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it could be something like word that. for that is, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, well, stay with us because uh, there's more to come here from uh, the three of us here at Fandom Power as we continue our trip down Fandom of the Jedi. Um, yeah, but until the next one, I guess that's it for me. Yeah. All right, guys, for Fandom Power, my name is Wes. We'll catch you on the next video. I'm Andy. I'm Hank. Bye for now, guys. Woohoo. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production. Can email the show at uh, fandom. Uh, try that again. You can email.